All right, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of Reeducated, a podcast where we're going to rethink, relearn, and get reeducated on many topics facing our Black community here in the state of New Mexico. I am Danny Golden, and I'm joined by my co-host, Devin Williams. What's good? Hey. <laughs> How are you doing today? Sorry I'm now. doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good. We, I can't believe that we're already at episode seven. Mm-hmm. The time flies by. Half of 2021 is already gone and done. So, but we're making it. We're here and sharing the space and it's a good, it's a good life. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I think, you know, I feel like stuff is starting to slow down a little bit because mm-hmm. we're starting to shift to more of an open and mm. less virtual world. Yeah. And I feel like we're always going to have more of a virtual world now because of the pandemic. But, yeah, you know, I think it's nice to start having people come out and like yeah. being able to be in spaces with people and have yeah. more of a... Uh, less restrictions on proximity when it comes to all the different places that you can go and things that you can do. Yeah, it's been strange. It's been a, like kind of bittersweet, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've all been so cooped up and everything. I feel like speaking of awkward, like oh yeah, I've definitely. <laughs> have to like check myself in social situations. I have this weird inner dialogue. I don't know if like I'm sure other people experience it where it's just like am I am I like doing the things? Am I like socializing properly? <laughs> it just feels so awkward, but it the positive side of that definitely outweighs the awkwardness. Being able to share space with other human beings, you know, if you're a person with children, I'm yeah. sure you're glad to get out and talk to other adult human beings. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and just to add on to that, I still feel like there's certain things that I'll take from yeah. the pandemic, like... Washing your hands. Washing your Sorry, I definitely, couldn't help it. Nah, hey, I appreciate that. You definitely better wash your hands. Don't just hand sanitize, right? you know, covering up the germs, but let actually wash them away. Actually wash them away <laughs> but down the drain. That, um, I also think um, the six feet rule, I'm yeah. like, if I don't know you, <laughs> you better back up or you better scoot up forward. Because... I was just saying that the other day, though, we were in, at the grocery store and I was just like, Honestly, there's no like tape or arrows down, but mm-hmm. I'm like, that's one thing that I hope that people continue to do. It just doesn't feel right when somebody's all up on you and mm-hmm. just breathing on you, vaccinated or not vaccinated. It's oh, like, yeah. give me give me a little elbow room, please. Exactly. <laughs> and I think uh, one thing that really got me, I saw this video on social media where it was a guy who had a six feet circle around him. <laughs> And so it was like he had four sticks going uh, all around him. And then he just had like a big, huge circle that was at the edge of the stick. I'm like, this dude, he's he's, on his own. Yeah, he's going places. He's He's going places. He he already, uh, he's already on top of things. And so I definitely think when I go to like supermarkets or stores or if I'm in huge crowds, I might, I might have to invest in something like that. Yeah, I feel that. So... <sighs> on we go into the future, you know, who knows what, I guess COVID is pretty um, unpredictable in some regards, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's lots of info out there. People are taking measures to protect themselves. Um, you know, 
hopefully the whole washing hands <laughs> thing sticks around because some of y'all wasn't washing y'all hands Man. before. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> all the hand sanitizer gone yeah. in the first uh, five days of the pandemic. Like, What about the hand soap? Exactly. <laughs> or bath soap. Like, or you know bath, what I mean? Right. You know, dish soap. Bar soap, soap right? Know, Old shit. school. Use something. Use Dang, something. Don't, just, yeah. don't just use uh, hand sanitizer yeah. alcohol. Like, come on, yeah. Well, anywho, episode seven of season two. Thank y'all all for joining us. We do want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to the New Mexico State Office of African American Affairs for allowing us this platform and the opportunity to use our voices and speak up and be heard. So episode seven, we're going to be talking about all Black Lives Matter. That's our topic for this episode. And we just want to delve into the many facets of of our community because we're all bonded together by our heritage by our roots you know by the melanin that that we're blessed with um but we all face different challenges we all um have different experiences within this larger experience of being black in america and it's easy for a lot of that to get lost in, you know, the bigger picture of just fighting for equality and equity and to be treated humanely in this country and to be afforded um, access to resources and treated, you know, like like we actually have rights and mm-hmm. that we're actually human beings. So, um, so we just kind of wanted to speak on that today. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that just to set the premise of the conversation is that black people are not a monolith. Mm-hmm. We're so multifaceted, multidimensional, versatile, you know, dynamic. Like there's so many different descriptors that shows how the black community is and we do so many different amazing things and all different aspects of life and even though especially not only in the u.s but especially for new mexico that we've had like the first of a lot of different things in the past year or two yeah that we've still been doing these things and we've still been doing a lot of the things. And that's just one aspect of yeah. the black community in terms of employment, leadership, and, mm-hmm. you know, taking positions in certain areas, but also in terms of identity, mm. in terms of ability. Right. In terms of anything that you can think of, you know, we're just... There's so many different amazing things about the black community that gives us a glow. Yeah. And whatever we do, whatever space that we are subsiding in and wherever we go, like we yeah. just have green thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we just we just grow and glow everything. Yeah, I agree with that. That's so beautiful and and it's because we are diverse. It's because we're, you know, multidimensional. Um, but I think that the onus is also on us to realize and recognize um, and acknowledge the many facets of our community mm-hmm. and make sure that while we're in this fight, we're not 
forgetting that, you know, and we're and we're also fighting for those subsects of of our community, you know, because if some of us don't have justice, then that's not really justice for all of us, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's why we say all Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. not just you know um, straight or like heteronormative folks, yeah. not just you know light skin Black folks that mm-hmm. are you know more palatable to the masses, not just, you know, people who um, are built like supermodels. Like, you know what I mean? We all matter. Um, And yeah, it's, it's a struggle, Mm -hmm. you know, let us not forget that it is pride month. Happy pride month, Mm -hmm. everybody. Um, Yeah. And it's just no better time to talk about, you know, the, the brilliance of us as a people and why it's so important for us to keep those differences about us at the forefront and accept them and applaud them, mm-hmm. you know, within our own community to each other, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that one of the kind of going back to you touching on like the struggles that we have to deal with, I think yeah. one word that really highlights that that people don't have a complete understanding of is inter- the intersectional intersectionality or intersectional framework that we have to navigate mm. when it comes to our community in the sense of if you don't understand intersectionality it's mm. the concept of especially when it comes to black people there's multiple roads that of um oppression right that we have to navigate Mm-hmm. And all of them come in, come together in order to keep us down or make it difficult for us to navigate through this society that is not only built not to support us, but exclusively built on the backs of Black people and mm-hmm. can only be sustained with the work, the marginalization, mm-hmm. and the exploitation of Black bodies. Mm. Preach. Mm. <laughs> For real though. Um, I mean, I couldn't have I couldn't have said it better myself. And when you talk about that intersectionality, really, I mean, for example, right, we have a person who, you know, is black, mm-hmm. um, maybe identifies as female, is queer, now throw in um a disability. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. That's what we mean when we talk about, you know, intersectionality and all of those different um, identifiers um, that that individual holds that make it hard for them to navigate society in in a way um, that's like beneficial and uplifting and healthy for them because mm-hmm. there uh, aren't equal access to. Um, resources because there is um, workplace discrimination and all of the things that we talk about um, here on the podcast. So, yeah, definitely. And I think part of just kind to trying to navigate that is just defining, you know, yeah. like defining like intersectionality, using that as like a definer for, mm-hmm. okay, this is one of the issues that our community deals with not only outside, but within our community when we are addressing each other and looking at 
the different, as you mentioned earlier, the different layers that come whenever we're looking at our community and looking at like the social capital that we have in terms of if you're like in a certain space acting as a certain individual, then society will give you or empower you more than if you're going against that uh, bias or that stereotype that's Mm. been put on black men and women. Yeah. And essentially that people who do go against that type of uh, narrative that go against that type of social norms, social norms, then they're essentially marginalized even more than what it usually would be. And Mm. it just creates a lot more difficulties and, you know, being able to navigate, being able to express themselves, being able to be accepted and being able to on a, even deeper level be safe yeah because even with that you know there's a lot of our marginalized uh communities within the black community tend to be physically assaulted Mm -hmm. and harassed and verbally assaulted and have all these different things that continue to make it harder for them to embrace who they are right and how how can we like advance? It kind of goes back to, I mean, in sociology, you study Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. You know, do, safety is one of those like primal like needs that we should have and experience in order to thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, and to and to um, live our lives. And um, so, when you're deprived of that, like, how do you how do you build? You know, so we have this. A marginalization that um, doesn't allow people, like you said, to just show up as themselves. Um, and I think what can be damaging to that a lot of times is just like, oh, like we're all just human beings. We're all just like one human race. And like, that's beautiful. Like we are, we're, we're people, we're humanoids. You're like, yes. But I feel like that kind of coloring is... Um, akin to like I don't see color mm-hmm. you know it's like no you're you're missing the point Karen yeah. it's not it's not it's not about not seeing the color it's about seeing the color or seeing the difference in ability or you know seeing a person that does not abide by you know the gender norms that you think that they should um and seeing those individuals and accepting that. Mm-hmm. loving them, not doing anything to um, put hatred on them or hold them down or marginalize them. Um, so I think that that is a very important aspect of the conversation, seeing each other um, for who we are and just as a society and as, you know, even more micro as a, a Black community, being okay with that and allowing each other the space Uh, within our own community to show up 100% as ourselves. Yeah, I definitely agree. And to that point, just, again, having that acceptance, you know, being able to, you know, accept that somebody does have a different complexion than you. Mm -hmm. You know, some people might have more privilege than others in certain spaces when it comes to sexuality, Mm -hmm. sexuality or you know, when it comes to um, identity and Mm -hmm. when it comes to um, just uh, language and the use of language. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's 
like, again, it's a spectrum yeah. that we have to look at. And it's, you know, again, has multiple layers. There's multiple perspectives and there's multiple things that need to be done in order to have that acceptance and have that inclusivity and to, again, mobilize these communities that are being marginalized. Yeah. 100%. And I think for our community, one of the things that we do is really have to include the word equity and mm-hmm. use equity in order to support those communities that are being marginalized and don't necessarily have the certain privileges that others in our community do. Right. Whenever we talk about the word equity, I always think of that cartoon. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm pretty sure it's a pretty like iconic cartoon, but it's basically there's a wall and there's like three different people looking over the wall. Mm -hmm. One guy's like tall, but not quite tall enough to see. One person's like super short and they get different size boxes, right? Mm-hmm. But then after they stand on the boxes, they're all equally able to see over the wall. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's the difference between like equality and equity. Yes. Like you can't give a more height challenged person the same box as a less height challenged person mm-hmm. and expect them to be able to see and be on like level playing ground, if you will, right? So um, that's where that equity comes in by recognizing um, the the setbacks that we have, especially those of us who have those intersectional identities within our Black community, by actually recognizing them and acknowledging them, that's how we're able to work towards equity. Because if you don't, then you end up giving everybody the same size boxes. Exactly. And that's not how... That won't be a good outcome. Exactly. <laughs> we won't be able to see over the wall together. Yeah, I'm like, dang, can we all see over the wall? I want to yeah, see the other see the side sunset. of the... Yeah, <laughs> Whatever's over there. See the rainbows yeah. and see, you know what I mean? Just see the nice weather, the beach, whatever yeah. it may be. But 100%. yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that was a great illustration of what equity is. And yeah. I'm, I just hope that... And I think it will, it's going to take time, but we're starting to get there. I feel like in certain areas, in certain spaces, specifically in New Mexico, that we're having opportunities to have more equity for the Black community and, you know, have that acceptance. And uh, there's still a lot of things that are going on outside of the community that's Mm -hmm. acting as oppressors. But I think that we're definitely going in the right direction and we're starting to have that inclusiveness that we need. Yeah, 100%. I think that a lot of people are becoming more aware of how they can personally become more accepting, how they can educate themselves on um, speaking more inclusively, because I think that uh, language is what connects us all. You mm-hmm. know, we we speak to each other. We Our communication is a lot of like the framework for um, you know, how people are treated and, and people's experiences within this society. So it is super important, imperative, in fact, that we learn how to speak in a way that's inclusive and not excluding folks. And 
we can talk about some more ways on how to speak <laughs> more inclusively. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll dive back in. Enjoy these sounds from M. Scott Love Life. Stick around. Welcome back to episode seven of Reeducated, a podcast where we rethink, relearn, and get reeducated on many topics facing our Black community here in the state of New Mexico. You just heard some amazing sounds from M. Scott Loves Life, the CEO of Better Sense, the production house that is responsible for the smoothness and the quality of this podcast. So big shout out to Marcus Scott, CEO go hit him up on IG. Episode seven, we're talking all Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Danny Golden. And of course, I'm joined by the one and only Devin Williams. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't blow What's my up? head up as much as it already is. That's what we're talking about this episode, how we have to like really just love on each other and show up for one another and just be each other's biggest fans and root for one another because... The world will really like be stomping on you thinking and have you thinking so poorly about yourself, mm -hmm. you know, um, especially us as as black folks in this country. Um, a lot of it's coming to the light, which is good. We are making strides. Uh, there's lots of different studies and lots of different pondering on why now, why we're gaining so much traction with people that are not black but hey, hey. i guess you know better late than never y'all <laughs> exactly and i think part of that is just again language mm -hmm. i know we talked about before the break but i don't know if this is the right way to say it but isn't the tongue mightier than the sword is that how the you tongue say it? mightier than the sword honestly i feel like i've definitely heard that and i think you nailed it okay We'll look it up, but yeah. let's roll with it. Oh, it's the pen. <laughs> <laughs> the pen, hey. Oh, the pen is mightier than the sword? Uh, but the pen writes words. Exactly. And the tongue speaks words. Exactly. So, so it's one and the same. You <laughs> it's feel all me? good. Exactly. <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, like just the strategic use of inclusive language is mm -hmm. partly why we're shifting the way that we think and the way we identify and the way we approach certain things. And I think that um, having or strategically normalizing inclusivity yeah. is one of the things that we've done to help break down some of those barriers. Because, again, if we don't have inclusive language, and to go step further, if we don't have shared language, mm. then it's hard for us to really understand how we can come together and how we can mobilize. Yeah, for sure. Because you're saying the inclusivity has to be shared, mm -hmm. essentially. Like, yeah. we all have to be on the same page. Exactly. Yo, we're being inclusive. We ain't excluding nobody. Mm -hmm. And everybody needs to be on board and on the same page sentence. Mm. 
<laughs> line. Exactly. And, <laughs> and also in terms of defining. Yeah. Because, you know, if we have uh, using inclusive language, but we define the same word as two different things, mm. then we're not going to be on the same page. And yeah. so, you know, just being able to define, being able to use the right types of language from mm. the right places and just having consistency on yeah. identifying and yeah. all those different things. 100%. And I think, honestly, I think the internet is is good in the way that, I mean, if you do a Google search right now on inclusive language, you're mostly, we're mostly all going to come across kind of the same content. You know, mm-hmm. there there's some craziness out on the internet. But for the most part, if you Google inclusive language, you're going to see stuff pop up about, you know, pronouns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, making that uh, more of a part of the way that we, like, introduce ourselves and integrating that into our social fabric. You're going to see language about, you know, person first identifying. So instead of saying um, a disabled person, a person with a disability or a person who has a disability, Mm -hmm. um, uh, a person who is experiencing homelessness, not a a homeless person, you know? So there's just, there's lots of different facets we can approach the inclusive language from. But for the most part, I feel like if you, you hit that Google search bar. Yeah, just Google it. (laughs) Like for real, you know, you'll, I guarantee you, you'll, you'll find some good explanations. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, that just is a testament to an accountability aspect that we have to, hold people accountable in the sense of there's no excuse not to at least do the research. Yeah. Well, we have to hold ourselves. I think like, yes, holding each other accountable, but first and foremost, like holding ourselves accountable because it's very easy to like get complacent and Mm -hmm. think like, oh, I'm a nice person and I have good intentions. And then you go out into the world, but you have to put the work in, you know, yourself individually to, like you said, research, at the very mm-hmm. least, do some research. And yes, that does take effort. So I can see why some people push against it because they're just like, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to do the work. But that is what fuels the the machine of oppression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is the the willingness to look the other way or the the privilege that you have to say, well, that doesn't really affect me. I'm not a part of any of those groups. So I really am not concerned about learning about it or, you know, incorporating any of that knowledge into my everyday uh, social interactions, conversations, et cetera. I think that, that, you know, that's really at the heart of it is that people do have to do the work. You do have to unlearn some some problematic <laughs> language mm-hmm. that we use and we're all learning you know what i mean we're all trying to you know evolve our language to be more um inclusive and accepting and and compassionate mm-hmm. i think that's a, a a good word in talking about inclusive language because it just like it it just it does take an element of like compassion you have to you know, care about your impact on the world around you mm-hmm. in order to 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 make those changes, you know what I mean? And to seek that information and then ultimately to put that information to work in your social interactions. Yeah. So yeah, it's some work, but what is the what is the outcome that we want? Mm-hmm. If we all collectively just put in a little bit of work to like 
make ourselves a little bit uncomfortable, you know, push ourselves a little outside of our comfort zone to learn about things that are maybe outside of us. Maybe we learn that like, hey, all this time I've been feeling this way and wow, people are using this verbiage and that actually feels good to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Some of us have never even maybe like experienced that. So as we learn about it, we're able to experience that relief, (laughs) you know, as well as contributing to making a more um, accepting, loving, and compassionate society for folks in those Mm in-betweens, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I think, again, Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that comes from that is just continual growth. Mm -hmm. And I believe, especially if you're not understanding of it, it creates exponential growth. Yeah. And not only that, it provides more opportunities for connections, for networking, for relationships, for, you know— multiple experiences that you might not you might not have had or been comfortable partaking in if you didn't do your research and yeah. you didn't have more of an understanding because yeah i understand that you know for a lot of us we're afraid of the unknown mm-hmm. and we get comfortable and another good word you said complacent mm-hmm. and you know we get fearful or afraid mm. of exploring different things that we weren't taught being brought up as yeah. children and it's so it's so good that you said the word fear mm-hmm. because i think fear is so powerful and it can be so insidious because i think that fear plays such a big role in like how we're treated and a lot of times when our lives are taken when, when you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, yeah. how basically if you don't branch out and you don't educate yourself and you don't expose yourself to people that look, you know, uh, and speak and worship and uh, whatever they do differently than you, mm-hmm. then of course, yeah, like you said, it's going to breed that fear. And then we have these people that go into these situations, a person who is a cop. yeah, And now like that, that is the picture that we have. That's the reality. Now we have this person that's fearful of someone that they've made no effort to understand, mm-hmm. that they've made no effort to to really, you know, um, peel back those layers of those stereotypes that they've been, you know, fed in society. Once you peel back those layers and mm-hmm. once you, you know, that that knowledge just really casts away fear. Because if you know, like, what is there to be scared of? You know, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I just wanted to draw that um, that comparison and, and link those two things together, connect those dots of, like, how educating yourself rids you of, like, that fearfulness mm-hmm. that can in turn fuel the crazy beast of oppression yeah. for, for our people. Yeah, definitely. And I think— um... Once you get past that fear, the sky's the limit. Like yeah. like you said, fear makes us do crazy things because we're yeah. fearful of just the little things like yeah. what if I'm not accepted because I'm using a certain type of language or mm. what if I change because I've learned something new and yeah. you know, I've learned how to identify something that I didn't know before and so right. 
Um, I just think that, you know, we just have to work inside our inside ourselves and work with ourselves in order to get past that fear. And don't be afraid to ask for help if yeah. you have the opportunity to or the ability to, because, you know, sometimes you just can't do things alone. Yeah. And so don't 100%. be fearful of reaching out to somebody else to help you learn more, to help you mm-hmm. break cycles. And um, that's going to help hold you accountable for growing out of your shell and growing out of the confined um, concepts and knowledge and yeah. uh, things that were pushed upon you as you were growing up. Yeah. The world has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, that in consideration, you know, we should probably be cleaning up our our knowledge and, you know, going to dig for some new stuff just because the times have changed. You know, society's evolved in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, people with these different um, identifiers have, as a result, like become more like outward and comfortable with like expressing themselves. So there's just a lot to learn. There's mm-hmm. a lot to, to um, unpack uh, so really right now is not the time to kind of like pull into your own, yeah. you know, shelter of yourself and, you know, as a recluse, um, I'm talking to myself too partially because I know it's hard mm-hmm. after, especially after a pandemic where we were forced to, you know, go and, and be alone. Um, now that we're able to come out, I think it's it's just so important. I can't express like the importance I feel mm-hmm. of like how we just like treat each other yeah, and how we don't take for granted the ability to learn and to grow and to contribute to um, creating a better world for us. Yeah, You know what I mean? I think we can sometimes take that for granted because we do have, even as, you know, being... Um, an oppressed population. We we have power. You know, there's power in our voices. There's power in our minds. There's power in our camaraderie and our, you know, the familial bond that is, you know, that exists within our community. So um, there's power there for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, just kind of shifting uh, the conversation, there's a lot of things that we can do as a community to empower ourselves as individuals and Mm -hmm. our community and certain things that we can do to seek help. But there's also a responsibility for people of privilege Mm -hmm. not to use the dialogue that continues to oppress our community and, you know, using their power to continue to oppress and marginalize individuals within our community. And I think one of the or several of the frameworks that we look at are sports, mm-hmm. which, you know, having that hyper-masculinity, mm-hmm. you know, having um, these just very sensitive um, identifiers for mm-hmm. people who play certain sports and are occupying, occupying certain spaces, mm-hmm. you know, the music and artistry, mm-hmm. Media. Uh, industry media, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's just so many different ways that people of privilege have time and time again used language that 
continues to confine and oppress black people. And so yeah. it's a responsibility for them to change the language that they use, especially when dealing with our community and not looking at, at us as a monolith, but also. <coughs> but also. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you good. <laughs> Just makes me laugh every time. Because <laughs> of the conversation. But also. <laughs> what was I saying? You're talking about us being a monolith. Um, and also. Dang, dang it. I, I was about to say something deep, I thought. Even. But yeah, you know, um, I think. One of the things we just have to get out of the, we have to stop having these people who are privileged identifying us as a monolith and as one body. Mm -hmm. But uh, they also have to stop doing things out of performatism. Mm -hmm. And so doing it just because, oh, it's going to help me profit or mm -hmm. Is going to keep me from losing the black dollars, but mm -hmm. actually genuinely changing and shifting the way that they approach our community mm -hmm. and the different populations with our within yeah. our community and really look at genuinely um, and strategically making sure they're doing what they need to to support our community. Yeah. And I, at the very least, I feel like, you know, especially for like public officials and any people that you name that are in those spaces, um, educating yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that where the performative, um, you know, allyship comes in is when you just cling to something that you can do to look like an ally mm -hmm. rather than putting in the effort to learn what will actually make an impact um, for the people that you're trying to be allies to. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, pretty pretty famous politician didn't even know what Juneteenth was pretty mm -hmm. recently. Um, that's unacceptable. You just, you know, you have to, yeah. like, the basics, like, educate yourself, you mm -hmm. know, know the people that, you know, voted for you <laughs> and get to learn, um, you know, those communities mm -hmm. and the layers of those communities. And um, yeah, I feel like when that division comes in and it tries, you know, and it's just like, I don't know, just saying, <laughs> yeah. pitting us against each other, you know what I mean? As opposed to like, we're allowed to be multifaceted. We're allowed to be like, we can all still show up as black people, but we all do have these different identities and that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Right. And that just reminded me of something. This is like a side note, but there, there's like this white lady who called uh, somebody nappy or something. <gasps> you remember that? Oh, you are you talking about Don Imus when he when he referred to the basketball team as nappy? No, there no. Was who are like, you talking about? That was a while ago. I can't. It, no, nah, it was. It was like. What do you mean by a while ago? Because like years and years ago, you're oh, talking no, about something way yeah, more recent. Yeah, like maybe like a year ago or something. Oh. Like she called. Where's she at? <laughs> <laughs> she called some black lady daffy, and oh. she didn't understand like the cultural sensitivity that goes to the word, the sense of. That's basically like calling somebody the n word. And essentially, yeah. essentially, but 100%. she meant it as like as in sleepy. 
Oh, okay. Still. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that like you can't you can't go around saying that. But word. look, yo, if you had some black friends, if you branched out, <laughs> your black friends would have told you, nah, that's not how we. Karen, that's not how we use mm, that word. <laughs> but we might have to cut that out. I have to see, but yeah, I'll just thought of it. <laughs> A lot of times, people use language that is so extremely offensive and derogatory, literally just because they they haven't gone outside of their like lily white world. Yeah, you know, and I obviously that's a very good example of that, where it's like you haven't exposed yourself to many other cultures, and mm. you know. Um, colloquialisms yeah. and things like that of other cultures. And so, mm. yeah, you end up making a fool of yourself. Yeah, you start, you're trying to appropriate our culture and our <laughs> right. language, and then, you you know, it backfires. It doesn't go well for you. Exactly. It, never, it never ends well. <laughs> and, you know, and that's part of, like, also learning language is, like, mm-hmm. learning when not to appropriate the language of other people. Yeah, 100%. You know? Language is so important. Mm-hmm. What we say... And what we don't say speak volumes about um, us and our intentions. And that's especially important if you're a person that holds privilege and holds power in society. Mm -hmm. Um, It's even more um, imperative that you're aware of that and that you put in that effort. Mm -hmm. Um, Even more so if you're trying to be an ally and you're trying to, you know, push for equity for your um, siblings of color, <laughs> you exactly. know? So, yeah. But, you know, again, I think uh, in wrapping up, one of the biggest things is Google. Google it. <laughs> Do your research because... Seriously. You know, watch a TED Talk on it or right. you know what I mean? Go to YouTube. Do what you got to do, but yeah. just do your research. Like, there's so much information information and so many resources that are available yeah. for you to just expand your knowledge, expand your mind. Yeah. And even if you don't know what to look for initially, challenge yourself in terms of don't intrude certain spaces, don't invade certain spaces, mm-hmm. but allow yourself to have an opportunity when you are in certain spaces or seeing if you can go into certain spaces that you're not familiar with to yeah. have conversations or mm-hmm. in an in uh, in interactions that you have and you maybe make a mistake, do your due diligence to correct that for the future, yeah. interacting with other individuals. Like I understand you know you're not gonna know everything yeah. initially, but don't, you know, don't make the same mistake multiple times or yeah. twice, you know. Just keep keep trying, you know, mm-hmm. and make make that effort. I think the way, I like that you said not to be intrusive to those spaces, but a way that you can, like, kind of integrate into those spaces just by supporting causes. Mm-hmm. If you're there to support, you're going to be welcome in that space, and naturally you're going to be exposed and you're going to learn firsthand from, you know, the, the, the people that you are— um, being an ally to. Mm-hmm. So I think that's super important to to point out. Yeah. So yep. Well that brings us to the end of episode seven. I just want to remind you all to go like, comment, share, subscribe. All of our episodes from season one up until now are out there on 
the web. So consume them, share them, uh, think on them. Uh, most of all, we hope that, you know, you feel us and where we're coming from and um, our intention every day to just learn and grow and help uplift um, our community. Thank you once again to the New Mexico State Office of African-American Affairs for giving us this platform. Uh, that's a, an amazing entity that you can always um, support. You can find out ways to support by going to the website. Uh, oh. AAA.state.nm.us. Boom. That's it. <laughs> Until next time, y'all. This has been Re Educated. Thank you for listening. Deuces.